With us today is Mario Economo, uh, who's been a, a banker in uh, Switzerland and Zurich and in Europe and uh, New York, Philadelphia, and uh, usually gives us a good report on what's really going on in Europe. Uh, Mario, uh, give us a report. Where, where, where the heck is going on? Yes, good morning, everybody. So let's discuss uh, interest rates. So we know the Federal Reserve in the U.S. is going to be increasing interest rates, and realistically, it looks like the U.S. will continue increasing interest rates through at least the first quarter, if not even the second quarter of next year. The reason for this, obviously, is we are being told that the increases the Federal Reserve has been making have been having no impact on inflation. In fact, American consumers continue to spend. The Federal Reserve will continue to do that. Uh, the ECB, the European Central Bank, will also be increasing interest rates in December, and there was some discussion that they would increase them as well in January, although they are taking a wait-and-see attitude to see wh whether or not the increases that they've thus far made in the eurozone will actually have an impact and will reduce inflation. The problem is if the U.S. Federal Reserve continues to increase interest rates and the European Central Bank stops, we will see a major shift of money coming into the U.S. Uh, the euro will weaken, and once the euro weakens, you can expect to see inflation in the eurozone actually go up, given that it will cost more for energy, which is priced in dollars, to make its way into the eurozone. The Europeans will have to sell more euros in order to be able to buy more dollars in order to be able to buy the energy that they need. So this will create a, not only a recession in the eurozone, but it will also create uh, substantially more inflation going into next year. Are they getting the, the product in regardless of the price? I, I understand uh, we had that discussion about Hungary getting it in directly from Russia. China is now shipping uh, to the European community, uh, are they getting sufficient amount? Yes. Yeah, so uh, right now, uh, the reserves, the stock of gas, natural gas in the, the European Union is roughly at 90%. Storage facilities are full. The cold really has only started settling in, so the reserves are far from depleted. Realistically, two months from now, probably somewhere around mid-January, the reserves will start being depleted. One, once that happens, the Europeans are going to need to actually, once again, start buying large amounts of natural gas on the market. This is actually going to be interesting to see with respect to how it develops, because we're now being told that given the large missile strikes that the Russians have been doing in the Ukraine on Ukrainian infrastructure, and specifically natural gas infrastructure, the Ukraine itself is going to need to start importing natural gas, either in the form of LNG or in the form of natural gas. Once the Ukraine also opens itself up to the natural gas market in order to be able to provide heat for its own people, uh, we will see the price of natural gas start to go up. Right now, as we speak, the Ukraine, uh, across much of the Ukraine, there are blackouts. Many of the cities in the Ukraine are experiencing 50% power loss, some as high as 90%. The city of Lviv, which is uh, next to, uh, in western Ukraine, is actually experiencing a 90% blackout. And it's starting to get cold in the Ukraine. The first snow has fallen, and much of the city there remains in darkness. What else do you want to tell the American people? What are you concerned about? If you have a nightmare at 3 o'clock in the morning, what's your nightmare if, you're, if your family is living in Europe? What is your nightmare? 
All right, so this is my nightmare. My nightmare is that the this is a war of attrition between the Ukraine and Russia. In a war of attrition, the Russians will ultimately win. So it probably makes sense for the Ukrainians, and I know they're getting a lot of pressure, President Zelensky is from President Biden, as well as the European leadership, to sit down and discuss with Russia an end to the war. The Ukrainians, and specifically President Zelensky, are refusing to do so because they are saying they're reclaiming land, land which the Russians had taken, and they believe they can successfully liberate the uh, whole eastern quarter of the Ukraine that the Russians uh, now hold, save for Kherson. Uh, the reality is the Americans are concerned about the amount of weapon systems that are being sent to the Ukraine and that are being used and depleted by the Ukrainians. And the reality is, I'm not sure how much stock and reserve we in America have and the Europeans in Europe have to be able to continue to provide these weapon systems for the complete liberation of the Ukraine. At some point, I suspect the stock may not be there. We know, and we had been told that the Russians would be out of weapon systems within two weeks, then it became two months. Now we're seven months into this, and we see the Russians continuing to rain down missiles and artillery shells all around the eastern part of Ukraine and also much further west, including the city of Lviv that I mentioned before. So the Russian stockpiles are there. I suspect ours are there too, but is it a wise use of money and stockpiles in order to be able uh, to continue this or to actually see if we can bring an end about to the war? My concern is if we do not have an end, and I don't suspect we will have an end before the spring of next year at this point because the Russians will put pressure, will continue to bomb infrastructure, and will allow the Ukrainians to freeze. But if we don't have an end by the spring of next year, the situation in Europe, in the European Union, in the Eurozone, will become very, very difficult. In fact, much more so than it is now. Uh, you will start to see, apart from inflation tearing into people's incomes and, and living standards, you'll actually start to see people's living standards start to drop. In small ways, but it will start to happen, and I don't know what impact that will have on various political parties, fringe groups in Europe, with respect to the fact that they were never supporters of the war and whether or not we're going to start seeing the population of Europe start to turn in their favor. I understand on Friday they were picketing the American embassy to Greece and telling the Americans to get the heck out. Who are those people? Well, that's on that's the November 17th, which was on Thursday, and that's an annual um, that's an annual march that they do on the U.S. embassy, and it goes back to a period when there was the military dictatorship in Greece, uh, and therefore um, many of these people, uh, not only the left, like a lot of people say, but a lot of centrists as well, participate in this march uh, in commemoration of many of the people who did die uh, at the hands of the generals in Greece, the military dictatorship, which was supported by the United States at the time. Having said that, I think it's important for everybody in America to understand that even though the, Greece, the Greeks march on that day to the U.S. Embassy, the relationship between Greece and the U.S. today is the strongest that has ever been. And I think it's important to know that irrespective of which government leads Greece, whether it's the current right-wing government 
or if eventually the center-left government of Syriza does come back, the relationship between Greece and America is too strong at this point to ever be broken. And I suspect that even if the left-leaning Syriza government does come back, they will continue in the footsteps of the current government and, in fact, will continue to strengthen the relationship chair. Mario, before we get 10, 15 seconds, anything with uh, uh, the U.K.? Uh, the U.K. at the moment is pretty much relatively quiet. The new uh, prime minister is settling into his job. The fact that it is quiet, it means it's good news. It means that the U.K. is trying to uh, pull itself together and try to figure its way out of the mess that it was recently in. Mario Economo, thank you for the update on Europe, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you. Enjoy your and day. And happy Thanksgiving Day if you're in the United States. And the same to you as well. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody.